Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast to disappear faster than a manager on the bad side of John Mazalek. My name is <laughs> Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. How are you doing? Uh, other than our philosophical differences, I think I'm doing okay, but it's it's great <laughs> to be back. I'm excited. It's nice to talk yeah, to you. Yeah, it's, it's been a little while. It's, uh, it's fine to talk to you, uh, but I'm glad back. to be... <laughs> <laughs> Glad to be back to talk about some baseball and uh, on, on this brand new show, this brand new episode, we are going to be talking about a bit of a recap of the 2021 season, what we enjoyed from it, what we're looking forward to in 2022. We're going to talk about those aforementioned philosophical differences and the management change on the team. And we're going to talk a little bit about free agency, what has happened so far and where we would like it to go. Shout out to Chris Phillips for our new theme song. Uh, ridiculous. Well, Hambone, my boy, we're back. How you doing? You ready to do this again, to do this podcast? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, especially with the off season that was super, super go and then super, super stop, I've kind of been jonesing for some type of baseball content, so why not make our own? That's right. Why do anything if it's not towards making content, you know? And uh, I think you and I enjoy uh, talking about baseball, and I think we both have missed doing the show. Um, it's been like five years almost since we were last really doing this podcast. Yeah, um, I, so. I was. it was my old apartment. I had to record like in the main area of the room and band Mary to the bedroom. Um, <laughs> so that's like two or three houses ago, and... Um, I'm still out here in Denver, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's very very nice to get back in the, I guess the studio or whatever, and and, and start recording yeah. again. Yeah, I've got a couple kids since the last time we did this, so uh, life's a little fundamentally different. <laughs> but um, you know, I think we're uh, we've been talking about doing this for a while, and you know, it, it's a lot of it's a lot of effort to do something like this every week and we kind of kept dragging our feet but um you know this super weird off season and generally lack of baseball to talk about i think somehow has actually kicked this into motion this this like gulf of of uh, uh baseball news has inspired us to yeah like you said get back in the old studio here and and give it another shot so uh We're so this really, uh, this really run- bootstrapping it Bootstrapping our own content. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> if no one else will talk about it, well, then damn it, we will. So Yeah, and I also uh, think, like, uh, it's a, a good time to be a Cardinals fan right now. Like, I think that you could make the argument that the team is on the upswing from what was kind of a, a bit of a, a doldrumish uh, three seasons, you know, or so that we kind of missed out on. So I think we're kind of yeah. hopefully, you know, while we're starting this, the Cardinals are ascending a little bit, but obviously we'll we'll talk about that more. But uh Right, I'm being hopeful. 
Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, we we basically were a podcast from the twenty or twenty twelve season through most of twenty sixteen before it started to, you know, our, our releases got fewer and far between, and so we missed uh, doing the show weekly on seventeen, eighteen. 19, 20, and 21, and yeah, three of those uh, were just not great seasons. One of them was the 2020 season, and then there was last year, which we're going to talk about uh, here in a little bit, but um, definitely, uh, I think there's a lot to be excited about for whatever the 2022 season is going to look like, uh, which I don't think we're going to talk a whole lot about the um, we're, lockout. We're not going to break any this. lockout news. I don't have yeah. any insiders. I obviously have opinions. Um, and I think we could probably say this podcast is pro player. Uh, but yeah. other than that, I don't know if we have much else to say. Yeah, we're not going to give you anything that you don't already know or don't already feel. So we're pretty much going to just this will be really the most of our lockout content explaining that we're not going to talk a lot about the lockout. We are just hopeful that it ends and we get a full season and the players get what they deserve. Uh, so couple other, you know, sort of programming notes. Um, our previous format, if there's anyone out there listening now that was a fan back then, first of all, thank you for hey. coming back to us. Yeah, thank it's you. good to, yeah, uh, good to talk to you again. And um, uh, what we did with the last show is we would really try to be like a day-to-day game coverage podcast. So we'd spend a lot of time breaking down each series pictures, individual performances. And I almost thought of it as like a podcast as a service show where like, if you didn't watch all the games, uh, then you could listen to our show and you could have a reasonable understanding of like what happened in each game. Uh, and I think that that was, uh, you know, a valiant effort, but it turned out to be ultimately not super sustainable. And also we know that everyone, if you're, if you're going deep enough to listen to a Cardinals podcast, then you're probably pretty plugged in to the uh, team anyway, and don't necessarily need two ding-dongs like us telling you what happened on every single game. You're a degenerate just like us. You're (laughs) following it. Uh, So we're not going to do like game-by-game coverage anymore. Of course, we're still going to talk about the games as they've happened and notable elements, but we're not going to be talking how many hits people got, how many... You know, in every game, and, I, I know one ooh. season we got very pitcher score obsessed. I think we were talking about pitcher scores almost every game on every episode. Yeah, taking yeah, a step back was... from that. Not to mention, like Nate said, the time commitment of not only having to watch every game, <laughs> note every game, make sure we're recording and make sure it's out at a certain time. I know no one wants to hear us complain about that, but it got to be very, very cumbersome. I, I think is is where, yep. where we're getting at. Yeah. So we're back though, and we're going to take a looser approach. Um, and be more topic-based, um, more uh, like trending uh, season-wide things, um, and try to bring you some newer style content, some things that we weren't doing in the past, which uh, hopefully you'll see as the show goes on. Um, we're still figuring out what our release schedule is really going to look like uh, during the off-season and then the regular season, uh, but we do intend this to be a generally weekly show. Uh, so again, thanks everyone who is back. And if you're a new listener, thanks for checking us out. Um, we're, we're excited to do this. We are two lifelong Cardinal fans and, um, you know, like Ben said, I think this is a good time to be a Cardinal fan again. 
Yeah, I just so, want to share that and say, yes, thank you very much, and please tell your friends if you're listening to us. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, let's uh, let's get into it a little bit here. So we wanted to start uh, – it's been months now since the end of the 2021 season. I think most of us have you know digested it, and we're ready for 2022. But this is our first episode of the season, so we thought it would be nice to – look back a little bit on some of the things that went really well in 2021 and what we're excited to see in 2022. Um, so I think the the obvious way to start a discussion about 2021 is the most notable thing. 17 games. Yes, the 17-game streak. Uh, maybe the most fun I've had as a Cardinal fan since the 2011 World Series victory. And even that is like a different type of fun, you know? Um, I Obviously I, the season, yeah, go on. I, I really, I, I think both of you and I are good at not wearing uh, the games, you know? Um, like, yeah. it, we're not, our, our days aren't controlled by the Cardinal success. Um that being said, I think I can get a little, I'll get locked in and I'll get frustrated and I'll be cursing at the couch or, or the TV or whatever. Um, but that was one of the few times I can ever remember where I felt like I was just playing with house money. Okay. It's game yeah. 15 of this streak. Go out there. If they get destroyed, I don't care if they win. Wow. That's great. I don't know if I, you know, I've been a Cardinal fan for 20 something years. I don't think I've ever felt that way about a series of games, which was really, really nice. Well, it was the perfect combo because I think most of us had started to accept the fact that this was probably not going to be a successful season. Um, the playoffs were very unlikely. Everything was kind of trending down. And then you, we go on this run that is not just ridiculous from just like a probability standpoint, but it also propels the Cardinals into like a locked in playoff spot, <laughs> which I mean, again, I had pretty much oh. made my peace with this season being done, you Full, know, fully resigned. So, I, I was thinking of, uh, yeah, Dylan Carlson had a nice year, you know, the outfield established itself. That's we can walk away and, and be happy that the team took a step forward. And then I, well, I, I think it also needs to be mentioned that the Reds, um, you know, did what the Reds did last year, which helped out the yeah. Cardinals quite a bit, uh, which I did not see coming at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, un uh, unsuspected, obviously, just because of the mathematical probability and uh, what we watched. Yeah, and what it did for the season. I, kn I know the, like, for you and I, the trade deadline last year was very frustrating because oh we were God. both like, this sell. This is a sell season, you know. Um, just do it. There's not a lot of tradable assets but there are a few and it should be maximized and instead the cardinals did their thing where they do almost nothing at the trade deadline uh you know added a couple old ass pitchers uh and <laughs> and then this happens and you know for better or worse justifying like, that approach <laughs> I, I also want to point out and maybe we could get into this more at a, a different episode or something like that but lester and hap technically helped the team 
I still don't believe that's what that's why it happened the way it happened. Like those were two bad pitchers that were not they really only were throwing better because of the Cardinals defense as opposed to the Nationals defense and right. the, the Twins defense. But that's a, it like when when other teams fans or other teams or whatever talk about devil magic that is like that that is it right there in a in a transaction. <laughs> it's they go get two pitchers that are nothing. They don't really improve much at all. Somehow it works out, and the Cardinals go on a 17-game winning streak, make it to the playoffs, and and here we are. That I mean, that yeah. like Mosaic shouldn't really get the credit that he is getting for that, even though I guess he should. I don't. Am I just being a? <laughs> just well, that, mean I mean, that's Mo? the whole that's the whole flip side, and the thing that I think some people rightfully were kind of almost bummed about the 17-game win streak is that it it, it definitely it, pasted over. It validates like, a lot them, of yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of problems with the team last year, and it took a record-breaking, insane 17-game winning streak in order for that season to be considered a success. Uh, and yeah, that's going to cover up a lot of things. And I don't know. I mean, I, I think the, the the just raw baseball fan in me is like, I don't care about any of what it means. A 17-game win streak that propels your team into the playoffs is fun. And let's not overanalyze it uh, because it was fun. And that's what we're really here to to do. Um, but, yeah, it's hard not to kind of, like, overthink it. That's what we do as fans, especially <laughs> when there's nothing else to do right now, is is look back and overthink everything. But, yeah, I think the the bigger thing was the, the emergence of the outfield, the emergence of uh, the bullpen, um, yeah. And then guys like Wayno, uh, who were actually just really good all season, which was a big, uh, you know, surprise. Yeah, I think and I just want to hit that 17 game streak again. And it, you kind of said it pasted over or something like I think something that we have sort of complained about or at least acknowledged even in the early days of recording this show is the Cardinals are a hard team to upgrade because the floor is very low. And when something like this happens, uh, the way that I kind of view it through my please make the team better lens that I'm always looking through, even if they are a good team, is that this kind of it, – it's a hard team to upgrade because you have to go get really good players to upgrade it. And something like this, they'll be like, you know what? All we need to do is add a piece. This team's great. Look at that. Uh, you know, they'll look at the uh, the run differential or something like that and say, eh, you, you know, that didn't play how we thought it was, but we think it'll bounce better uh, our way next year. And, that, I, and I think that's like – I hope that makes sense, but that's kind of where I like boil my frustration down with kind of the way the organization goes up handling things like that. Hopefully I'm am yeah. I making sense. Yeah. Well, they, and they do, you know, in the last five years, we've seen the the Cardinals acquire Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Marcelo Zuna, Jason Hayward, you know, they do go and make these big acquisitions, but it's usually like, one and then they say all right we're good and then you see teams like the Padres or the Dodgers or um, you know whatever hot team it is of the moment that goes and makes like 19 trades in one offseason and completely overhauls their entire roster and it's that's more exciting as a fan to see that stuff but I think the Cardinals constantly feel justified when you know the Padres <laughs> had a horrible season last year sure. even after all of their uh, insanity and the, the fact that they have Tatis Jr. on their team, 
And the Cardinals go and, you know, they got Arenado in the offseason, which was the culmination of, like, years of desire from Cardinal fans, which was fantastic. Uh, you know, we got him away from the cold, <laughs> just just terrible Denver area, you know, that I don't know why anyone would ever, uh, you know, be there. Um, uh, but, it's uh, because of Dick uh, Montfort. It's, you know, he, he is why we're all here. <laughs> we, we like to hang out with Dick. I like to know that I'm in the city with Dick. Um, he runs a great organization. Yeah. The which should be jealous. That's a good point. I take it all back. And those mountains, those mountains are so pretty. Um, <laughs> I was in the, I was in the I, mountains. I was going to say, do you want to talk about your shredding? <laughs> Nate was shredding. Uh, he was, he was shredding uh, greens over in copper a couple of weeks ago. I went skiing for the very first time uh, two weekends ago. Uh, ben was very gracious with his time and his patience as I, Fell down a mountain for four days straight, um, but I had it was a, it was a wonderful time. Ben, I haven't told you this yet. My knee still hurts. I'm, I'm getting old. I'm getting old, Ben. <laughs> I, I well, I I'll be nice to you. You really did well. Uh, I'll give you credit for Thank that. Thank you. And I don't know if I've ever seen somebody take more of a beating with like a bright smile on their face. And, and the beating was the beating was like two and a half days long. I wouldn't say it was the whole four yeah. days. But I, I, I will give you credit. You took the beating. You smiled. You. you skied. I, I was very proud of you. Well, I appreciate that. To be fair, though, by day four, I fell less because I also just skied a lot less. But yeah. I did do, I did, I did make it down a full green without falling, which felt like a near impossible feat, <laughs> uh, especially um, <laughs> there was. I don't think I will ever forget. I think it was, it was day two where you and our buddy Gordo were, were going with me. And I was falling like every oh fifteen feet, uh, and meanwhile, these like children, literal children, <laughs> just smoking me constantly, just burning by me as I'm like, I, I could not figure out how to stand up appropriately, so I have to do this really goofy and, like push up style way of standing up. And, and to paint the picture, Nate's face is covered in snow his back is covered in snow i mean <laughs> it was a sad state of affairs and there's when you're up there there's nothing you can do the way down is down um is to ski yeah yeah i i it took me like <laughs> a half an hour to get down like a like a what like 50 foot part of the hill that was like slightly steeper than anything else i'd done yeah. you know and then by by the, the the last day, I went back to that area. I was like, "Oh my god, how did it took me <laughs> so long to get down this?" And I, you know, I think I was pretty fatigued at that point. My legs just kept giving out. Uh, not not generally the most athletic person over here, so uh, that degree of um, slamming my body into the mm. ground at high speeds started to take a toll on me. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway. You know, those mountains are pretty. I take it all back. And Aaron Dick Otto, Monfort. He's gotta be we so like bad. Dick Monfort. And we, we love Dick Monfort. Uh, <laughs> what were we even talking about? Uh, so the, Cardinal, uh, the Cardinals are hard to upgrade. This streak yeah. made that so that I, – well, I think – I don't think that John Mosaic actually sits around and is like, yes, we had just a good enough season so I don't have to go do anything to adjust the team. I really think it is just they have a conservative approach. That's why they've been successful for like – 15, 20 years at this point. Um, and then, you know, you turn around and, and you'd like to, you know, we, we traded for some big guys like you are just talking about. And I think Jordan Walker is the top 15 prospect on Fangrass right now. You know, we got Ivan Herrera, who's on the uh, top 100, yeah. uh, Libertor. Gorman. Uh, Gorman. I mean, so Gorman it's, will, yeah. 
Like you, you look I, at the yeah. You expect Gorman to probably start this upcoming year. Libertor might be coming up, and the you know the pipeline's still healthy. So it's kind of hard. Like it's one of those things. It's like, am I more excited about Jordan Walker coming up than I would be about X acquisition? I I don't know. That's it's really hard to yeah to say that. And I think like it's really easy to sit here and be like, well, what the hell are you doing, Mo? But at the same time, I want to see Jordan Walker in a Cardinals uniform. Uh, I think more than anybody else really, or or, or for trading any other player uh, that is reasonable. Um, yeah. So well, prospects yeah. are always fun because you get to imagine what they're going to be as opposed to uh, you know most current players where you kind of know what they are, um, and you know you know like they would be an improvement for the team. But Jordan Walker right now feels like he's the next, you know. Pujols basically is the way he's being hyped right now. He's yeah. well, twenty he's, years old or whatever, and he's a top fifteen prospect after a half season. It's yeah. insane. I mean, he's having exit velo in the low minors that like Giancarlo had. Like that, we're right. we're talking yeah. about like a, a a very rare power prospect. Somebody who makes Nolan Gorman look like a slap hitter, which is insane. Yeah, um, yeah, it's crazy how much he's already passed Gorman in a yes. lot of rankings, and Gorman has been like the coming, you know, savior of the Cardinals uh, infield for, for a while now. So, uh, but I think, you know, unless the Cardinals do something which they've never done before, which is, uh, you know, really, or they rarely do, which is very quickly promote people through the minors. We probably won't see Walker for a couple more years, uh, but Gorman, we should see this year, uh, which is exciting. I'm hoping right out of spring training with, you know, whatever spring training looks like. Yeah. Uh, I think- but one thing I, Oh, yeah. I think the only thing that would limit that would be, uh, you know, I guess we got to look what see what the CBA looks like. Is, you know, are the Cardinals going to want to yeah. get him to Super 2? Is that not going to be worth it anymore? Is that a gap that's going to get closed? The Cardinals have not really cared about that so much in the past. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Um, but, yeah, I hope you're right. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, ultimately the Cardinals – you mentioned that you don't think Mazalak is, like, content with squeaking by – I agree with you. I think what I think they are content with is set the sights of making the playoffs and then let the playoffs, which are essentially, you know, I've heard it described before as a random championship generator. Hmm. Uh, you know, they're, they're content with that. Let get, get a team that'll make it to the playoffs and then just let it go and let the chips fall where they may, you know, and, and I can kind of see why you would maybe have that feeling as a general manager when you consider the Cardinals' own history, where uh, the Cardinals were easily the best team in the league or you know contended for the best team in the league in 2004 and 2005, got nothing for it. And then when the scraps of that team stumbled into the playoffs in 2006, they won the World Series. Uh, 2011, the Cardinals, uh, <laughs> you know, we all know, not the best team in the league. They won the World Series. But in 2013, when they were probably, uh, you know, it was them and they were the best team in the NL, uh, they lost the World Series. And then in 2015, when they won 100 games, they fell out of the first round. So, like, if you're – the Cardinals' own track record shows that, like, once you get into the playoffs, there's really no – there doesn't yeah. seem to be a significant difference between like the super teams and the teams that just get in. I, I, I think that that is a hundred percent right on. And then I also think that there's a factor in, in the past, you know, three, four years, maybe five years of the Cardinals trading guys like Randy Rosarena, 
um, and Luke Voigt and them playing really well. So I do think like something that we have seen over maybe the past three years, maybe it's been less time than that, but over the past few years is they really want to see what their guys got in the MLB. And they're going to give Lars Newtbar 300 at-bats next year before they decide to, if they do want to move him or not. Like I, I do think there is yeah. a little bit of – I don't think gun-shy is really a fair word because I think – less the Randy Rosarena and more the Luke Void. I think most of St. Louis fans were like, ah, we get it. Like we, we need these pieces yeah. and, and it makes sense. And we did not really, I, I did not see him leading the AL and home runs, you know, a year after that or, or two years after that right. trade. So I think those well, things combined, like it all makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That one's trickier too, the Voight one, because also, you know, he might not, he was a uh, non-tender candidate, some people thought, this year. And uh, Gallegos, who they got in the trade, is one of the best relievers in baseball. So that right. one kind of worked out for both sides anyway. But, um, you know, one thing that I think is interesting, too, is uh, are the Cardinals going to have to change this approach if suddenly now there's expanded playoffs and, like, seven teams are getting in? And just the, like allure of making the playoffs or, or rather the um the perceived success of making the playoffs uh is going to be diminished it already is with the two wild cards um and if they're suddenly now you know middle of the even more middle of the pack teams uh if like built into the system that 83 wins or 84 or whatever is likely enough to get you into the playoffs uh, is that no longer going to be considered success to make the playoffs? Is it really going to just get down to if you do not win a World Series or at least have a deep run in the playoffs, that season is not even considered a success? Um, and if so, will that mentality of get in and see how it goes, will that become less tenable than it already is? Because there's kind of, a, kind of a mentality in St. Louis already that like the playoffs aren't enough. Um, but that's also St. Louis being St. Louis. Uh, but if, if the entire league now getting into the playoffs is not enough, you know, if like suddenly like teams like the Rockies or whatever are getting into the playoffs, like is that going to diminish the um, right the value of it? Well, and I, 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 I think there's two ways to look at it. I think like generally just speaking broad strokes, I'm anti-expanding -expa playoffs. I, I would rather yeah. it stay the way it is. I, you know, but there are two positive ways to kind of look at it. It's, you know, one, win your damn division. You know, that it gives you a lot more right. incentive to go out there and win the division because it's that much more of an advantage. And maybe that, you know, the, the Cardinals front office or, or other competitive front offices say, that's our goal now. We need to be really, really competitive within the division. And then we'll kind of, you know, play your, your, your uh, World Series generator game. Um, and then on the other side, you know, if the Cardinals or, or if X team – has a bad first half, I think the, you know, the other positive aspect is, you know, okay, well, one of our players is coming back. Maybe we make a trade, maybe we squeak in and the team really gets healthy and we have a 2006 um, or, or a 2011 type run. So there are good ways to look at it. That being said, like my holistic opinion on this is that we're just going to see worse baseball in the playoffs. Um, and, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just yeah. not going to be as precious as it was. Uh, that being said, yeah. I do think like trying to be a positive, put a positive spin on this whole thing. Playoff baseball is great. If I get more playoff baseball games, that is good. But if I'm watching like, I don't know who would be the teams right now. Like are the Reds going to squeak in? I, like, I don't want to yeah. watch that team as is con currently constructed in the playoffs. That's 
you know, it's a bit of a farce. Uh, unless they make some major changes to their roster and keep <laughs> Luis Castillo, who it seems like they're going to move. But yeah, I don't know. That's that's we'll see how it plays yeah. out. I suppose. I think yeah, playoff baseball is obviously it's more fun. The more of it is conceivably more fun. Um, but I, I yeah, I think it is also it's kind of less fun depending on the current state of your team. You know, if you're like a really good team that's projected to do really well, it can be really frustrating if the, you know, the reds or whoever get in and and all of a sudden you have to play them and then any series who knows can win. Um, But then if you're a fan of those teams that are in the middle, it gives you something to root for, Uh, you know, something exciting. There's lightning in a bottle, so on and so forth. So I I agree with you. I I am generally uh, against, um, expanded playoffs, but it's obviously that it's happening. The baseball has had the smallest playoff yeah. group in the major sports for a while now, even with its recent expansions. And, um, you know, it all comes down to money and playoff baseball playoff games is big money for the league. Um, it is also generally more money for the players, uh, which is nice, not as much money as the owners are getting, <laughs> Um, but it still, there's playoff pools and whatnot. So players are rewarded for making the playoffs, which how are the owners going to afford their auxiliary California mansions, Nathan? Yeah. Well, did you see, um, I mean, Scherzer had the gall to show up, uh, to the negotiations the other day in a Porsche. Um, you know, so he's, uh, the players don't need any more money either when, uh, uh, who one of the one of the owners like flew their helicopter to the meeting or something <laughs> yeah. like that, which is like this. Yeah, it's anyway. Let's yeah. let's move on. Yeah. So, um, twenty twenty one interesting year. Probably you know definitely made rosier from a a crazy winning streak. I Watching think, Nolan though, play every uh, day. Yeah, Nolan. What a uh, you know was exactly what we wanted. Um, you know, he brought the power and you, you being in Denver and, um, I think has made both you more than me, but both of us, you know, we, we engage with Rockies a little bit more than most people do outside of Denver. Um, so I've been pretty familiar with seeing Nolan Arenado make crazy plays all the time. Um, but it's something different when it, when he's on your home team and you are watching almost every game, yeah. uh, just the stuff that doesn't make it in the highlight reels, um, you know, it's every, almost every game. There's something that he does that is just a like a crazy physical feat that yeah. you can't imagine a human is able to do. And he's just doing it all the time with <laughs> little fanfare. You I, know, I could do um, a whole show th- about how good it is to watch Nolan in a Cardinals uniform. But just if I could point yeah. out one thing that was really, really great to watch from him last year is him and Yachty's relationship yep. and Nolan throwing yeah. people out at home on hard hit uh, balls <laughs> yeah. to him. I mean, that that right there is just, I could watch that for the rest the, of my life. I'll add one more to it. The Nolan, Yachty, Goldie, like, triangle yeah. of those three. I mean, Goldie is not Arenado, but he is, you know, he's obvi- also a, a gold glove winning um, defender and, and just maybe three of the smartest baseball people in the entire league and just watching them execute ridiculous plays and and it, yes. it was what a joy to watch all year and uh you know probably uh you know last year with uh yadi in that mix but that that uh Aaron Otto to goldie 
um, combo is just so much fun. And we have that for quite a while now, yeah. uh, which it still blows my mind to think about how the Cardinals have. So Goldschmidt and Arenado had, were basically my two favorite non-Cardinals <laughs> uh, for like the last decade, more or less, you know? Um, and now, and they're, they're both Cardinals now, which is just insane. Like we will, it was like when the Cardinals got Matt holiday, you know, it's like mm -hmm. a, a player from another team. You just sort of like revere, and somehow they're on your team. It's so much fun. And then I think the last thing I want to talk about with uh, 2021 before we move on is uh, the uh, the emergence of what we all thought Tyler O'Neill could be. As he uh, is now an established major league player, right? Can we say that? Yep. Can we give him that that pseudo title? Or the whatever? Lamborghini is out of the garage, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what what can you say? He he did everything that was asked of him. He played amazing defense. Uh, he's a blast to watch. Um, I I don't know. I mean, what else are you gonna? I, Mr. I feel like he's bringing Mr. in the new Canada. The, yeah, yeah. It's he and there's something about the way he carries himself, the way he interviews everything. It just makes me laugh for also. the boys. And I. You know, he does it for the boys. He's always out there for the boys. Um, <laughs> there, there's something so funny about Tyler O'Neill that I can't quite put my finger on. He, and he's a swagged out Canadian is the only way. Like, he's a Canadian. <laughs> yeah. So he has, like, those like the sensibilities that I think we associate with Canadians, being, like, calm and yeah. polite and, and grounded. But he also knows that he is, you know, on any given day, the most talented person on the baseball field. And then he, you know, in a press conference, he, you know, he, goes back to his Canadianisms and does He's it for, for the boys. boys. Um, but yeah, and no, he, I mean, just lock him up. Let's go. I couldn't be more excited. <laughs> he hits the shit out of the ball too. That just makes you like, there's no one else that I've seen hit home runs that I just like laugh when the ball leaves the bat that yes. way. I don't know. He's just a joy to watch. And, um, his I, little, you know, I hope like step, step, skip out of the batter's box when you know, he's got it. Um, yeah, he's, yep. he's super entertaining. Yeah, I um, uh, I think it was our our buddy Joe first name drop of the show there for you, Joe. Is like kind of equated him to like Javier Baez, but for the outfield. Um, and I think that kind of makes sense. You know, he is going to strike out a ton, but everything else he does is ridiculous and flashy. And uh, you know, they're they're pretty different from a personality standpoint, but from like a skills standpoint, I think it it, it works. Uh, and, and I just hope that he's able to maintain this degree of focus. Cause I think that's the big thing. Um, he really tightened up his swing and his, uh, plate approach this year or in 2021 that, uh, just saw him, even though he still strikes out a ton, he struck out just less enough that when he, he's making enough contact, uh, and when he makes contact, it's loud like that, it, that it works. And I think any, slip in that focus and that plate approach is going to send him back to what he was before. And I'm, and I'm so hopeful that he can, he can keep it going because uh, I mean, it changes the team dramatically. Oh yeah. And I think also as a Cardinals fan, like you got to look at it as, you know, the guy was 26 last year. He's gotten better every year being with the Cardinals, except for he had a weird 2021 and uh, you know, for obvious reasons, but the guy's getting better. 2020 or, or sorry, 2020. Um, yeah. guy's getting better. He's still young. Like I think there's a lot to dream on, and I uh, I expect him to keep improving. I don't see why he wouldn't. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah. hitching my apple you know, wagon it, to the Tyler O'Neill star right now. 
hitching your apple wagon. That's a saying. Is that a saying? That's a saying. People say that. An, an apple wagon? I, I think the I think the saying is I'm glad I hitched my <laughs> apple wagon to your star is the uh the Are you saying. sure it's a- apple wagon? Yes, you're taking your apples into market. You're going into you're going into the market <laughs> to sell. You're you're gonna have a, a great uh harvest. And I'm saying, ooh, I'm gonna I'm gonna attach myself to that. On your rise up, I, I'm coming I with I get you. it. I it's not the it's not I don't I'm not arguing with I the, feel like you're arguing with me. <laughs> it's it's real. the it's, I guess it's the apple part that's sticking out to me. What do you want to be selling? Maybe just I was just thinking a wagon. Okay. It's just you're hitching your wagon to it. You're just okay, going from one town to the next in your wagon. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I'm hitching myself <laughs> to Tyler's apple wagon no now he has the apple wagon he is yes yes and i am attaching my star to him wait somebody back now you flipped it entire tweet at me (laughs) (laughs) this is real you're attaching your you're attaching your star to tyler's apple wagon okay he's got an apple wagon if you know what i'm saying um (laughs) all right (laughs) talking about his caboose Hell yeah, he's, he's got spelt. that booty power. He's felt. Yeah, he you, you can't, you know, there, there's yeah. nothing to judge there. He, he's doing well for himself. <laughs> All right, let's go on to something else. So, uh, yeah, please. Uh, you know, enough was written about this um, before, but we, you know, I think it's worth talking about um, the unceremonious departure of uh, Mike Schilt almost immediately at the end of the season, which. I think does sort of show at least to some degree that Mazalak and and crew did not let the 17 win streak completely yeah. cut, you know put blinders on their uh on their eyes for like what 2021 actually was um but man what a what a shock that was well- I, I, yeah, let's. I kind of want to take like a half step back. What, what you know, over his was it two and a half seasons that we had Schilt? Yeah, two and a half seasons. What like would you? What would your grade for him be? Like, what what are you? In his exit interview, you're saying you you get a a B plus for your performance. Like, what what do you? What is your personal opinion on that? Well, that's true. I, I was a big fan of Schilt, and I was very surprised. When he was let go. Yeah. Um, I think we, yeah. Surprise for sure. Yes. Yeah. I, I thought he, the, the problems with Schilt, I think did start to highlight themselves in 2021, his attachment to his guys. Um, you know, I, I was pulling my hair out every time Matt Carpenter mm-hmm. would go from a useless bench piece to if he's starting, that means he's batting cleanup. Yeah, you know, like that sort of stuff. I, I could like Schilt was marketed as this like analytics guy who blends old school with new school, and he gets it. You know, he like a lot of the problems with Matheny, he's gonna not do anymore. And then we saw that same stuff. Like there was no reason Matt Carpenter should go from under you like not rarely used bench player to bad and clean up when he plays. Um, yeah. But I, for the most part, like I like Chilt. I thought his bullpen management was generally pretty good. The guys, he, he was also there for the boys, you know? Um, I, I, I do kind of feel like we were sold that he was going to be the next Kevin cash. And he was much more a, a, a Tony La Russa 
Um, and I yeah. don't know, like we've also talked about in the past, like I'm not sure how much one individual manager has on a team's performance over a year. I don't think it's that dramatic, but I do think it is right. frustrating that, like you said, like we were kind of expecting new philosophy to come being dynamic, using your bullpen in a different way, putting the best player in the best situation again, you know, really playing matchups and being aggressive, uh, uh, in, in defense and offense and, and, you know, all matters of the game. And we never really saw that. Like you said, he trotted out the right. same lineup over and over again. He was, he was very, and, and I'm sure that some players are adamant on, you know, knowing their spots and everything like that. But I think a good modern manager is somebody who can communicate, Hey, your spot is when you are most effective. Um, it's not right. the eighth inning or it's not the second, you know, in, in the order. It is where we think the whole team can do as well as possible. And that's the manager's entire job at this point is communicating ideas that players may or may not like or may or may not understand or whatever and getting them on board with it. And I think like, you know, obviously we have time to sit with this a little bit now. I think sitting back and looking at Schilt, I think you could say that he probably wasn't doing that great of a job for that. I do think he was right. better than Matheny in the sense that he could actually communicate with the press and explain for most of the time, like what he was thinking. Um, so I appreciate that aspect of it, but that's, you know, I, I guess where it starts and stops. Yeah. I guess my answer ultimately to your question would be, I'd give him a B cause I thought generally he was good. Yeah. Um, but there was obviously some sort of, uh, there's all the problems we just outlined and obviously some sort of fundamental difference that we're never going to truly know. Um, I, at least I don't think we will. Um, for what, like, what was the straw that broke the camel's back and, and what did he say or do that went from, we were not planning on firing him to, we needed to fire him as quickly as we possibly could mm -hmm. so much so that we had to ask MLB for permission to fire him on a playoff day, uh, because we had to do it right now. Uh, yeah. Very shocking. Yeah. And I, um, think I, only... I think, oh, I'm sorry. I think it's a little telling that he didn't get another job. As a manager, there's a lot of openings this offseason. And when he got let go, it was like, where's he going to land? Where's he going to land? And he didn't. I think he got where he's ended up is a pretty cool spot. And I think, you know, he'll be good and successful wherever he goes. But like, I was expecting him to go over and suddenly be like the Padres uh, manager or, right. or, you know, one of the other openings. And he did not. So. There must be something. Yeah, I mean, you know, even Yankees before they locked up Aaron Boone, they, there was a big, high-profile, interesting jobs, and you know, he is a, yeah. a known commodity. I, I agree. Um, and, and just to totally, you know, pontificate, I have no idea, obviously, what happened, but I really think it comes down to the conversation around using Alex Reyes in the last game of the season, and I wonder. <laughs> uh, the, the only thing that I can, you know, maybe there was something else and maybe it, it got personal or something weird happened that, like you said, we'll never know about. But I almost think it's it's Schilt dug his heels in on that philosophical. That's the philosophical difference is that's my guy. He was an all star. Um, I don't care if he bat had a bad, you know, two months or whatever. The guy throws 100 miles an hour with a buckling curveball. I'm putting him in when I think he's there. Um, right. And Mosellock said no. And Schilt said, well, yeah. And, you know, that that was the, it. You know, it probably got more heated than that. There was probably more to it than that. But that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, that being said, is, I'm totally yeah. making that story up. I have no <laughs> evidence whatsoever. Well, it's doubtful it was any one moment, but that is a good representation of what we're talking about. That right. unwillingness to, um, to mold to the current setting and rather sticking with what I've always done because it's worked in the past, you know. 
Um, so Ali Marmol, uh, it seemed pretty obvious out, out of the gates that he was the top contender and it was a very quick turnaround time before he was promoted, uh, much in the same way that it happened with Matheny being let go and Schilt being uh, put in the spot. Yeah. Schilt's been let go and now Marmol's in the spot. So um, I don't know that much about Marmol from a like philosophical standpoint, other than that he's basically been like the wonderkind of this mm-hmm. uh, of this organization for a while now. So it, it always seemed like he was headed towards this. I think it happened faster than most of us expected. He's particularly young for this position. Um, but... I mean, we've known, we've seen this guy for a long time now. Uh, everyone loves him. He seems great. I don't have a whole lot to say about what my expectations are from him, other than you have to imagine, at least to start, he's going to do exactly what Mazalak and them have been asking <laughs> Schultz to do because he just saw Schultz get fired for it, right? Uh, so I, 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 I'm excited about it. Young guy. Yeah. It's great. Uh, uh, having a know, bilingual homegrown. manager, I think, is like a, a, always a very good thing. Um, like, yeah. obviously, well, Matheny. Matheny was bilingual. He was, uh, although not a great communicator. Um, <laughs> at least, at least to us, uh, to the to the the, the press yeah. and the fans, maybe he was better behind closed doors. But yeah, I think it's always a good thing to have a bilingual uh, manager, or at least bilingual folks in the clubhouse. My expectation is he's going to run camp like Schilt. He's going to manage very similarly to Schilt, but I think he's going to be more aggressive and follow the numbers a little bit more. I also think it's very telling that, you know, shortly after Marmol got the job, that Skip Schumacher, who is as Cardinals of a man as a Cardinals man can get, is also coming (laughs) over. Like, Mosaic and the DeWitts want people who are going to come over, listen to their ideas, and obviously bring their own flavor but they want people to do what they're doing. And I think, you know, yeah. over the past five, six, seven years, the Cardinals have really expanded their their uh, uh, technology, their uh, analytics. That's what I was looking for. Uh, yeah. And I think they're like, hey, we've spent all this money. We think we have some ideas. Put it in place. And, you know, that, that's kind yeah. of my expectation. I know one thing that's interesting to point out, I know Yachty posted on Instagram when that happened. He's very excited to play for a Latin manager. Uh, yep. So, like – you know, I'll take it. The players seem to like it. We'll see what happens. But like you said, we don't really know too much about his, his game management or whatever. Right. Yeah. I, I, um, yeah, I think, I think that's exactly right. So we'll see. I'm excited though. Um, so, uh, we've got a few more topics to get into, but before we, uh, go to those, we do want to take a moment to, uh, talk a little bit about how you can, support this show and a little bit about the um and where you can find us and 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 so on and so forth so first of all we want to thank uh again chris phillips for the new uh the new theme song uh that we love we hope you enjoyed (laughs) it as well um ben you want to talk about the the newer art design for the show as well yeah, as you may notice on our, uh, our our tweeters and our instas and everything, we have all new art this year. And I want to shout out Steph Samorka. Uh, you can follow them at uh, Samorka Designs on Instagram. Um, they may be related to me. They may not be related to me, but uh, <laughs> they do great work. That go check them out. They don't want you to. They don't want you to know um, <laughs> that they're related to Ben. So uh. <laughs> that is probably true. So sorry. <laughs> Um, we're also doing something totally new this, uh, this run with the show. Um, we have started a Patreon. 
Um, we're starting small. Um, we we really want to grow this show and make it something uh, even better than it ever was um, and start to build a community around it and uh, make new interesting types of content and uh, really make something that you are all going to enjoy. And in order to do that, we are looking for your support and your input. So uh, we've, we've got a couple different tiers. We're not going to get all of that into the show, but we will say anybody who joins the Patreon will be able to join our new Discord where we will be chatting about the Cardinals, uh, you know, as the group grows. Um, I imagine we'll do, be doing some, like, live game watching together, uh, you know, all, all in the chat together, talking about the games, talking about whatever. Um, should be a fun fun place to be. Um, we're just starting, so we appreciate anyone who is a part of that. You'll, you can find the link to it uh, on our Twitter and in the show notes. Um, so head over there and support the show. Um, and also, if uh, you can't do that, we totally understand. We, we appreciate you just listening. Um, or go on to iTunes and uh, give the show a review. That helps. Uh, it really does. So thank you for that. Um, what else, Ben? Anything else we should be? No, I, I think the only thing I really want to add to that is I, I think a, a very what we're trying to do with this kind of rebooting and, and relaunching or whatever we're supposed to be calling this is I think we really want to engage with the community. Um, and we want, you know, the people who are listening to be a part of the show. I think we want to build those relationships. Nate and I have even talked about the idea of flying out and going to a Cardinals game with some people who listen, you know, depending on how everything shakes out, we really just want to build our own little community. Um, so, you know, we want to hear from you. And if you have ideas or, or, or su submissions or, or want to be on an episode, like we want to hear about that. Um, yeah, we want to be dynamic and, um, build that community and i think you know the, the best way to do that is interacting with you guys directly yeah um which if you want to do that if you have an idea for the show uh if you want to uh, talk to us the best place really to do that uh is to get to us on twitter at talk about birds uh also always accepting joke ideas for the opening <laughs> sting want to hear that uh so please let me know um so yeah uh I guess you can find me individually on Twitter at NateSTL. I also do another little podcast. It's a video game podcast. If you're interested, it's called The Short Game. Check it out. Uh, ben, where can people uh, find you on Twitter? Uh, I don't really tweet. I only tweet on the Talking About Birds account. But you can follow me at Samorka, okay. and maybe you'll convince me to tweet. Yeah, that's fair. Really just do the Twitter. Nate, or do, how, do didn't, the, uh, didn't the short game just have a big uh, a, a big episode? How many episodes have you guys done over there? Yeah, we, we've done 300. 300 we, we're, we're past episodes. it now, but yeah, we've passed 300. Yeah. Lots of content. That show started right after the original Talking About Birds started, and we're still going. Yeah. So Check that out. Uh, yeah. Um, cool. Well, let's get into our uh, last topic of the, uh, of the episode. And then uh, we're going to do a little segment, uh, which I think will be fun. Uh, so the Cardinals have made one big move this offseason outside of the uh, management change, which is the signing of left-hander Steven Matz. Uh, and what, what's your take on that? Uh, makes me remember when baseball was a thing. 
And I know the league was talking to the players and the players were talking to them. Do you remember the there was reporting? I think Derek Gould was doing reporting of like Steven Matz has seen at the hotel around the meetings and like Matz yeah. was on yeah. site. He's like, I'm I'm getting a deal. Um Well so there it, was eight like eight teams have submitted yes. an offer to to Steven Matz. You know, he was a, it was a hot commodity. Yeah, and so I guess like to take a step back, like what do I think of the signing? I think it's a very good signing. I think it's a very cardinal signing. I think it makes sense for a bunch of reasons. Uh, he's young enough that it makes a lot of sense. Um, he ha- he took a step forward last year. Maybe he could take another step forward. Uh, I think the way that he pitches makes a lot of sense for not only Bush Stadium, but the way the Cardinals team is currently configured with the 25 gold glovers um, you know, right. sprinkled throughout the lineup. Uh, he's obviously a ground ball heavy pitcher. He still is good velo, um, you know, getting him in front of a different coaching staff. Like he, he has the kind of stuff that I could see his strikeout numbers jumping. You know, he's a guy yeah. that you can dream on a little bit while still being a fairly known commodity. Um, and the money, I mean, the money's just so good. That is, I, I'm shocked that it, I think it was four years, 44 million, something like that. Yep. Uh, yeah. And there's very few free agent pitchers that you could sign for that that I would be mad about, especially in their age 30, 31 season. So I think all of that is is really, really good. Um, I think, you know, if I have to be critical of the signing, it is a little boring. Um, you know, signing a 3-4 pitcher is uh, a guy that would be three or fourth in the in the starting rotation isn't the most exciting thing, but it is another one of those moves that it does raise the floor of the Cardinals. The Cardinals are yeah. definitely a better team before you know after signing him than they were before i think you know with the uncertainties around the pitching staff wayno's old jack flaherty hasn't really pitched much recently dakota hudson is coming off of injury uh you have to assume kk is out you know with all those questions i i think that this makes a lot of sense i wish you know it would have been a, a more marquee name but you know that that is a, a slight criticism what i think is a pretty much like a excellent excellent signing yeah, I, I actually I think it's not even a criticism of the Matt signing is that it's we wish it was Matt's plus yes. and not just Matt's, you know, because I think Matt's is a is a great signing. Like worst case scenario, he's in the bullpen and he's still cheaper than most bullpen arms are going to cost these days. So like the the deal, I, I guess the thing that won him over to the Cardinals was the years. Most teams were offering two or three years and the Cardinals offered four. So he was willing to take it. Um, but I, I mean, I don't see how this can end up being bad for the Cardinals and it could end up being great. Um, I, I, I won't repeat everything you already said, but I think it, it was a, it was a wonderful signing and there's no, no surprise to me that a lot of teams were going after him. And I bet he looked at the current Cardinals uh, infield defense and thought, well, that's going to be where I'm going to be most successful as well. Uh, and, you know, had a lot of offers and ultimately went with the Cardinals. So I think it's a big signing. Uh, I think it's going to work out really, really well for the Cardinals. And even if it doesn't, well, oh well, you know, it, it, it's not going to tank them for a while. Uh, so what else? So we, we know the Cardinals aren't going to sign Carlos Correa. We know they're not going to sign any of these two, $300 million players. What we know is that they're targeting uh, bullpen, which makes sense, um, especially when you consider that the Cardinals want to convert Hicks and Reyes ultimately into starters. When you take those guys out of the bullpen, you really start to wonder, okay, who's in the bullpen? Uh, who's the back end of the bullpen behind Gallegos? Uh, I, I'll go first, and I think the Cardinals should sign, should bring back our boy J- Joe Kelly, and then also consider Archie Bradley. 
and uh, I think we'd be happy with those. And I'm trying to be realistic here. There's a lot of things that I really want the Cardinals to do. I really want the Cardinals to sign Clayton Kershaw, but I just don't think anything like that is going to happen. So I think uh, if the Cardinals signed Joe Kelly and or Archie Bradley, um, I, I'd be generally happy with what the team has going into 2022. Yeah, I think I'm fine with those. I do think that they are they are two guys that are doing the same job. So I'm not sure if you're saying sign both or sign one or, or whatever. Um, but they're both, you know, I, I'm happy to sign both, but because yeah. more arms, the better, but probably sure. either or, you know. Yeah, I, I think that kind of player makes a lot of sense. Somebody, you know, who has good velo will get you some ground balls and you can assume is going to be reasonably healthy, although it's the bullpen. So you never really know. So I would say, yeah, right. that I think that's great. Um, now if I could get somebody like, I, I think taking a chance on like a, uh, Richard Rodriguez, uh, would be interesting. Yeah. Taking a chance on Adam, Adam Adovino, uh, maybe having a bounce back. Or he actually had a pretty good year last year. Uh, Keon Kella, somebody that can come in and rack up K's, get you 12 plus K's per inning. Um, and I don't think that, you know, a lot of those names are out there right now. And I, I don't know how expensive they're going to be. Uh, Michael Givens is another interesting name, but a hard throwing yeah. right hander that is prone to decaying people, I think, is something that the Cardinals could. Well, I mean, every team could use more of, but the Cardinals could definitely use more of that, um, especially like I think the Cardinals pitching is in a weird spot where, you know, if we get the 10th percentile, if everything breaks right, it could be one of the better staffs in the league. But right. there's injury concerns, there's age concerns, there's there's concerns all over the place. So I think getting just more bodies makes a lot of sense. Um, but I want to, like, a little more pie in the sky. Like, Carlos Rodon, Rodon, yeah. <laughs> Carlos Rodon, the former White Sox <laughs> yeah. pitcher, is still out there. Um, you know, there are interesting names out there, for, for my money at least, that aren't going to be extremely expensive. Danny Duffy is still out there. Uh, Michael Boyd is a somewhat interesting name. There are people out there that could, you know, help uh, the starting staff along with what's currently there. And I don't think the Cardinals are in the place where they can just assume everyone's going to be healthy. So I'd be interested in that. Um, and, and one other name yeah. I want to throw out there, and I think I've probably texted you about this guy for a good chunk of the offseason, is the Cardinals should sign Kyle Schwarber. I knew you were going to say that. The I, DH I is coming. full agree. Full agree. Full, hard stop, full agree. Get him in. DH, fourth outfielder when he's not DH. Yes. My only concern with it would be you're cutting off uh, Yepes and Gorman uh, for those at-bats. But that'll work out in time. You know, let's get Schwarber. I've always been a fan of Schwarber. Um, his hit tool and power, I think, are real. Um, and he will hit the ball hard wherever he's at. Uh, it's hard for me to say that as I remember some of those <laughs> truly heartbreaking home runs he hit against yeah. the Cardinals uh, in uh, in, a in a Cubs uniform. Um, so, like that one they put in the little case on the top of <laughs> oh, the yeah. Ridley's. That's uh, bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, come on now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was funny. Yeah. But um I'm a big fan of Schwarber yeah. as a as a player, so uh, I would love it. I, I think the Cardinals are pretty set on their lineup um, I, I, because of those guys I just talked about. Yeah. But like Schwarber would be a, a a potential huge bat to add to the lineup, and and would be one of those moves that we are always sad that the Cardinals never do. It, right? It's one of those moves. Yeah, I think that you make a move like that, and you can say with confidence you're the best team in the in the national uh, or in the Central. Sorry, in the NL Central. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's why I really like that. And I guess I was just kind of looking at the list and I just want to throw one more name out there. And this is with a big caveat. Will he take a one year deal to try to go a pillow contract to try to 
you know, reprove himself to the league or whatever they try to do. Uh, but Conforto, I think, is a very interesting yeah. person. He's he's a guy that you know can potentially play all three outfield positions. Um, when he's right, he is one of the best, I think, in my opinion, one of the best left-handed hitters in the league. Now, yeah. he had two pretty bad seasons, one after another, one covid season and one season last year. That I mean, the Mets were just a dumpster fire last year. Uh, yeah. for, but, like, still okay in a weird way. The Mets are, are stupid. Um, we'll <laughs> see if Steve Cohen breaks <laughs> the, the... Mets are stupid. <laughs> the right. Mets are stupid. Uh, yeah. Steve Cohen's going to have I also a $300 million a... Dollar, uh, payroll this year. I, I think he's going yeah. to do it. But uh, I I am a fan of Conforto as well. I'm a little less into that one um, because of like I think the the um, floor is way lower with yeah. Conforto, and he's still probably going to cost. Uh, if you can get him, there's I don't think there's a bad one year deal like that exists. So if they could get him on that, like by all means. But I think a team is going to take a shot on a few years with him because the the skill set is there. Uh, the upside is tremendous. I, I have drafted Conforto in a fantasy league almost every year for like five years straight because I, I am a big believer in that, yeah. but it, it has not paid off uh, both in fantasy and real life multiple times for, for, for the Mets and, and for, right. for and, me. And, and I guess before we move on, should we talk about Trevor's story? I, I know everyone's like, that is the, the, the Twitterverse is yeah. obsessed with that idea. Of course. I mean, I, you know, we're both huge fans of Trevor yeah. story and we've saw what he would do. Um, you know, having that Arenado story lineup in Colorado for years, you know, yeah. how fun was that? Right. He's not the best shortstop, but, uh, he's not awful either. So, um, and I think something, I, you know, if, if Trevor story is underrated, it's his power speed combo. Um, I don't know if right. people have paid attention to that, but Watching Trevor's story in real life, like I've had the pleasure of doing many times, he is lightning. He is as fast as Tyler O'Neill, if not faster. It is yeah. unbelievable to watch. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I do think that would be very exciting, but uh, unlikely. I, I, is yeah, I, guess. I, that, that's my problem with those, those like story and Correa. I would love either of Correa. I mean, I'm a big fan of his, as uh, as the the numbers he'll put up, the whole Astros thing. It's you know, hard oh my, for me to get I, by, but but uh, but uh, but uh, story that I will have to do yeah. if they sign Correa. Yeah, exactly. Pretending exactly. that he isn't a massive douchebag are going right. to like so, are going to hurt me. But we know they're not going to do it, so no. I don't even have to. No. Like, it's no. not going to happen. And the Cardinals are not going to sign Trevor Story. I would love it if the Cardinals signed Trevor Story. Get the young out of there. He was great for some time. Much love, but he should be on a different team. Uh, Story should be the starter. But uh, I just don't think it's going to happen. We're going to see. De Young go until he can't go anymore, and then we're gonna see Sosa or yeah. Edmund or something like that. Um, or Gorman is gonna take second base, and Edmund is gonna move to shortstop yeah. or something like that. I think that's what the plan is. They're not gonna drop two hundred million on any of these guys. But I mean, hell yeah, go and get Trevor Story, and then also go and get Clayton Kershaw, and then we'll be awesome. So, so we're gonna end our first episode here with a, a silly little game that I've come up with here. Uh, we're going to try to do more stuff like this on the show uh, going forward. So uh, the name of this segment is, Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Uh, so, Ben, I'm going, your job here is going to be able to Yeah, I'd guess. like to be clear. I do not know what this game is at all. Really. Yeah, really, yeah, this is all new. This is all yeah. new to Ben. So, Ben, what you're going to have to do yeah. is I'm going to give you a series of clues that okay. are starting off very vague. Okay. And your job is to guess who is this guy. Okay. The one thing I'll tell you, this game will always revolve around 
they were a one point a member of the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. That's nice okay. that it is, you know, it's not just humanity. It it's, is it, it is local. No, it's, okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, it was Alexander Graham Bell. That's who it was. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, okay. So I have a series of clues. I'm going to start now. You, uh, I'll give you, I'll let you know when it's time for you to guess. Okay. okay. This person was born on October 24th, 1977 in the Dominican Republic. He made his debut on April 4th with the Atlanta Braves. Do you have any idea who is this guy? Okay. So he made his debut in what year with the Atlanta Braves? 2000. 2000. I don't think that this is right, but I, I should guess every time, right? Or, or should I just... You can, you, you can, yeah, you can always make a guess. Um, oh, crap. The heat is building. Uh, I had a name. Oh, Edgar Renteria is my guess. Great guess. That is not correct. Damn it. Okay. I guess he you know he's much right. older than that. Seventy seven? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh was, yeah. was he a brave? All right. We'll 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 see. So I don't wanna I don't wanna just start talking because I'll accidentally way. give up I'll start giving up more uh more details if okay. I just start talking. So yeah. uh next clue. This guy played for four teams in his career. The Cardinals, the aforementioned Braves, mm-hmm. Miami, and the Dodgers. Who is this guy? Oh, 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 I think I have this. Uh, um, uh, happy flight. Uh, Raphael Fercal. Oh, you got it in yes. two. Very good. All right, I'll, I'll, give, you the, uh, I'll give you the rest of the, yes. the facts here. Uh, this next one, I thought you might get it on this. Um, so he won the Rookie of the Year, was an All-Star three times, led the NL in triples, led the NL in stolen bases, and led the league in assists. Uh, each one time in his career. Uh, that was going to be the next uh, clue. After that was... I don't think was that acquired one would me, actually. I, I actually, I don't know okay. if I would have I picked up on that. Okay. How many gold uh, gloves This one probably would have helped. Uh, no gold gloves. Oh, really? He did not win a gold glove. That seems um, I was surprised, too. I was, like, looking all over. Like, yeah. I'm sure this guy won a gold glove. Yeah. Huh. Uh, next clue was, was acquired in a trade for... the with the Dodgers for cash and Alex Castellanos. Uh, and then finally, if you had somehow not gotten it, yeah. he was the starting shortstop and leadoff hitter for the 2011 world series winning champs and created the happy flight. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so I figured you'd get it by yeah. that last one, but you got it in two. Maybe we'll keep a scorecard somewhere of how you do on this game, but we're going to do other games too. Hell yeah. Uh, but good job. Yes. You got it in two. Yes. I wish, uh, I wish people could appreciate this right now, but uh, tweet at me. That was, I, I feel very, I'm proud of myself. Yeah. Right you now. should. You got it in two. I did not. I thought you'd maybe get it after the third one, but uh, and certainly well, the fourth. But really uh, now, like I, I'm obviously I'm happy that I got for Cal, but it's making me feel very stupid about my Edgar Renteria. Um, I think I was <laughs> off by maybe a decade. Um, but, maybe uh, I, I still feel good. Yeah. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. So do I? All right. Do I win Raphael for Cal? How does this work? You do. Okay. Yep. Like we get to hang out uh, yep. or something. He he's on his way to your house right <laughs> oh, now. God. Look, actually, if you look behind Ben, look behind <laughs> you right now. <laughs> All right, that's going to conclude our first episode. Uh, Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, Share it with your friends, your family. Um, uh, We're glad to be back. Um, I guess I don't really know what our outro is going to be now. But uh, thank you, everyone. Yeah, um, thanks, everybody. This was great. Yeah. Uh, Go Cardinals.